In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. The Gospel according to Matthew, chapter 2. When they had gone, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream. Get up, he said. Take the child and his mother, and escape to Egypt. Stay there until I tell you, for Herod is going to search for the child to kill him. So he got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt, where he stayed until the death of Herod. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. Three simple words. Such a short phrase. In the Greek, it's even shorter. There, it's only made up of one word. It doesn't seem all that important, but those three words from this section of God's Word tell us more about Jesus' stepfather, Joseph, than probably any other section does. After Joseph woke up from his dream, he did what God told him to do, and that's commendable. That would be worth mention and pondering and comparison with how you react to God's commands, but then there are those three little words. During the night. No questioning God's orders. No debating with him the merits of moving an infant and his healing mother so early after childbirth. He didn't go back to sleep to catch a couple more Z's. He didn't spend a couple hours preparing provisions for the road ahead. He got up, took the child and his mother during the night, and left for Egypt. Notice even the similar wording between God's command and Matthew's recording of Joseph's actions. For as much as the Christian church rightly recognizes the faith of Jesus' mother throughout the whole process of her parenting, Joseph's words and actions, or even at times his lack thereof, ought to garner some of the same recognition. God knew what he was doing when he chose Joseph to serve in his particular role, just as he did in his choice of Mary, and really, as is again confirmed in this section of Scripture, in all of the choices he made concerning the birth of the Savior. Because, really, Joseph was just one small cog in a much greater undertaking. God had been orchestrating his plan of salvation, his plan to have his one and only son born in Bethlehem even before the creation of the world. Though Adam and Eve's fall into sin was a disastrous plot twist for you and me to read and to hear about, it was of no surprise to the one who knows all. The same with the total depravity of the people at the time of the flood, the slavery in Egypt, the grumbling in the desert, and the idolatry in the promised land. God knew it was going to happen, and without question, without discussion among the persons of the Trinity to the merits of making himself man to die for the sins of many, God continued to work out his plan for the good of his people. The evidence is clear. Around the same time that Isaiah was writing down his songs about the suffering that God's servant would endure as he completed the work of the world's salvation, the prophet Hosea was writing about where that suffering servant would come from. Through Matthew, the Holy Spirit made that connection for us. And so was fulfilled what the Lord had said through the prophet, Out of Egypt I called my son. This escape to Egypt was not a last-minute decision, it was prophesied some seven centuries earlier. Herod's hatred and threats were no real formidable foe for the Christ child. God had planned to overcome Herod long before Herod even came to power. 
Truly, Joseph's faithfulness in this account is amazing to read and to hear and to ponder. It stands as a mirror for us to gauge our own faithfulness to God's commands against and to find ourselves so often so far from measuring up. But that, too, is a part of God's plan for you. He plans to use portions of Scripture like this one to let his people see their sin and their need for a Savior. And then, even more important to his whole operation, he shows you in this same section what he has done about your lack of faithfulness. He kept his faithfulness to his plan for your salvation. He didn't let Herod kill the Christ child so soon after his birth, not because he didn't want him to die, but because it was not yet time for him to die. We are reminded in the book of Galatians, when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under law that we might receive the full rights of sons. Despite all of the enemies who stood in his way, despite the times when you and I have been the obstacles needed to be overcome, God remained faithful to his plan and his promise to save you. Through his servant Joseph, Jesus escaped to Egypt. And because he was not killed quite yet, he was able to carry out his work as your suffering servant faithfully. When the time had fully come, he did die but not because his enemies were too much to overcome. When the time had fully come, Jesus became God's faithfulness to you simply because God is faithful to you. Jesus is God's faithfulness that you don't deserve and your faithfulness to God that you could not be. He is God's perfect plan of salvation for you. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, in your great mercy, you have provided all that we need in your precious gift of Jesus. When our faithfulness to you and your word continues to wax and wane in this world of sin, send your Savior to us again and again through your word and sacrament, that we may remain ever connected to the true vine. These and all other things you know that we need, kind Father, we ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. <laughs>